It's a matchup of the two most recent Super Bowl champions in Week 9 in Tampa Bay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Week 9 edition of Between the Horns. I'm J.B. Long, joined by my friend and broadcast colleague, Maurice Jones-Drew, who the last time uh, the Rams were in Tampa Bay, I think, was wearing his L.A. swag and smoking a cigar and letting everyone on national television know what was going to happen in that divisional round. Uh, I think I tried to let everyone know the future. Right. When you smoke a cigar, that means you're going to win a championship. And that's what we did, JB. And it seems like Tampa has been great for us as a broadcast team and 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 for the Rams. You know, I want to say one of our best broadcasts early on was um, was it Quinn with a strip sack and or Quinn might have took a fumble and ran down the sidelines. That yeah, kind we, of was the spark. Right. You're talking about week three, 2016, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Wow. The, uh, the lightning delay game. DeMarco was there for that one. And yeah. Uh, MJD's right. Uh, I don't want to call them the anti-49ers, but the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have uh, given the Rams some good results of late. That was cool to read uh, that, that the uh, the Buccaneers are thinking about the Rams. They've The Rams have won the last three straight, and you're right, coming off what the 49ers have done, that is very refreshing. But, I mean, do you really expect Tom Brady to lose four in a row? Or at least without a fight? Or without his best game, their best performance. So, yeah, this is going to be another dogfight on the road for the Rams. All right, we've got MJD. We've got DeMarco Farr. Let's bring in the fourth member of our team, Erica Tamposi, a.k.a. Ricky Hollywood. Good morning, Ricky. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? It's so good to see your faces. What do you think, uh, Erica, if we gave you the choice of watching Tom Brady's final NFL football game or front row tickets to Taylor Swift at SoFi Stadium. That, that, tough is, call for that you? is that is such a tough call. That is my childhood hero or some guy that plays for the Bucks. So oh, I'm nicely definitely, definitely gonna take the Taylor Swift. No, I thought that we watched Tom Brady's last game last time the Rams played them. So um it's it's definitely interesting. I wonder if they'll send him into retirement again. Interesting. All right, seven down, 10 to go on the schedule. Those 10 games against nine opponents. They'll play the Seahawks twice. As of today, only three of those opponents have a winning record. So Maurice Jones-Drew, it's all there in front of the Rams. But this week and the rest of the way feels a lot more like, who are the Rams? Who are they? Who can they become? Well, I think that's what this whole stretch is going to be about, right? How how better can you get from now until it's time till November, or not November, but December, when you have to start kind of positioning yourself for the playoffs? If you look at the NFC in general, there's a lot of slots that are open. The whole NFC South is terrible, right? Let's just be honest. Four and four with the Falcons. That's kind of where they are. Everyone else is below that. Uh, and so you have to try to compete to go get one of those spots. And even though you've been swept by the Niners, they have a tougher schedule than many thought they would. And so it seems like the tables are flipped. Can you take advantage of teams that aren't playing their best ball right now and kind of flip the script? That's going to be most important. And I think it's going to start by getting healthy, right? Cooper Cup a little banged up. Stafford's been, you know, even though he's not been on their injury report, he's, he seems like he's banged up. So you got to find a way to get those those guys healthy and get ready to roll. I mean, talk about teams not playing great right now. The Bucs and the Rams are among them. The division looks different in the South than it does in the West. But given the state of both of these teams, it's too early to call it a playoff elimination game, DeMarco. But it's tough to see the loser of this game finding its way to January. Yeah, both teams need to win. I mean, and look, when Maurice said about 
catching teams that aren't playing well. Well, the Rams aren't playing well. I mean, you guys watched that video, right, from San Francisco, especially on offense. Did you guys watch the second half? Did they block a soul, run or pass? So the Rams are struggling to find out who they are on offense. And on defense, um, that was the biggest letdown from Sunday to me. I think um, uh, to me, in the second half, in the first 21 plays, they gave up like 21 points or 26 plays, 21 points. It was like, wow, who are these guys? And I thought about something else. I think this week uh, the Rams' defense matches up better against Tampa Bay's offense because of Leonard Fournette. And that's another question I have. Do you guys consider him a bust? No. He's the number four pick. No. No, no not at all. Bowl. I mean, McCaffrey has outproduced him. Davin Cook has been to the uh, the Pro Bowl, a lot of guys. But still a very capable back, just to my point. I think the Rams' defense match up, matches up much better against Tampa than they do against San Fran because of Christian McCaffrey. Um, that does change the math, J.B., Maurice, and Erica, uh, going into the future, that McCaffrey is there now. Uh, the first game versus the 49ers, Bobby Wagner everywhere. Ten tackles led the team. Second game with McCaffrey, I think he had five. I think he only tackled McCaffrey one time the entire game, if you don't include running him out of bounds. So, But that's later for the future. I think this group, this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, matches up much better for the Rams this week to get pressure on Tom Brady and stop the run. No one who gets to a second team and a second contract and gets a Super Bowl ring and earns a nickname like Playoff Lenny and is leaving $1,000 tips on his sushi bill – is a bust. <laughs> we all want to be in life. Exactly. No doubt. <laughs> well, I mean, Kamara was in that draft. Uh, who else was in that no, draft? They, they, they've had, they had Adam some really Jones good, was in that draft. Yeah. Yeah. They had some really good players. And, I, and I'll, I'll say this too. I just want to jump kind of back on piggyback on what DeMarco was talking about the defense. Let's, let's remember the style of defense we play. We play off coverage, soft coverage. The Niners are under five yard, throwing the ball, run after catch team. When you look at the Buccaneers, they like to take shots down the field. That's where I see the matchups going on. That's where Tom Brady's taking five- and seven-step drops. If you think about Jimmy Garoppolo and how fast the ball was getting off in, in the second half, I mean, that ball was coming out quick. Swing screens quickly. All, their whole receiving core is about yards after catch, period, point blank. They're not about the big play guys as we're seeing here. They're not about throwing the ball 10, 15, 20 yards down the field consistently. That's where the defense – that's why I think the Rams have matched up so well mm-hmm. with the Buccaneers on the defensive side because they have bigger receivers that take longer to get going. So they can't do little quick screens or little bubble screens. They have to get those guys going down the field. Careful, though, Maurice. Right now the time to throw for TB12 looks very Jimmy Garoppolo-esque. It's 2 point nothing. So he, right. a lot like the situation with the Rams, knows that his running game – is down at the bottom of the league rankings. His offensive line is not what it was a year ago when the uh, Rams went to Tampa Bay. So times have changed for Tom and for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about the trade deadline, Erica? We were all uh, waiting with bated breath to see what big move the Rams might pull off. But for a variety of reasons, they they stood packed this year. And what was your reaction to that? And what does it mean to the 2022 Los Angeles Rams? I mean, of course, I was refreshing Twitter like everyone else, just like waiting for for something fun to happen, of course. But, you know, I I did get to sit down with with COO Kevin Demoff last week, and he did say, no, we have a lot of pieces that this team is feeling very confident about. Kyron Williams is potentially coming back for this game, and he's been practicing and his window is ending. They we saw a lot of great things of with Ronnie Rivers last week. The O-line is is getting back to healthy. Van Jefferson's getting his legs with under him. So 
I think that as much as we wanted all these pieces that could have that, of course, I'm kind of like double edged sword with this because I feel like when you have Aaron Donald and you have this team, like those are the core pieces that were still in this window. Right. But on the flip side, this organization said that they're not going to do anything that doesn't make sense Mm. and nothing made sense at the time. So. Yeah, DeMarco, I think as early as Monday night and the Coach McVay show, it seemed like they had wrapped their mind around the possibility that a couple of things could be true. They have too many needs to devote too many resources to just one solution, whether that be offensive line or edge Mm. or skill. Um, But then on top of that, the market has changed. The game has changed. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of teams in contention, and there are a lot of franchises that have adopted the Rams' blueprint to go all in, so to speak, and win now and trade the future for the present. The guy I was interested in was Chubb coming out of Denver. I mean, that's a pass rusher. That would definitely help. But outside of that, unless you can get two top-flight guards, then what's the point? Because I don't care if you go out and get the best receiver on the market or even the best pass rusher on the market. If you can't block anyone, it doesn't matter. Uh, you can go out and get a, a, you can get Christian McCaffrey if you want. I'm sure that's going to help. But until you can block a front seven or keep those inside linebackers off your running backs, what does it matter? So you're going to have to get a whole lot better from now until Sunday, from guard to guard, from tackle to tackle. Let's just say it from the offensive line. So yeah, I was uh, hoping that the Rams would would have done something, but I mean. You know, sometimes it's like brand new windshield wipers and a busted windshield. What's really the point here? You got to fix that offensive line first. Yeah, I asked Sean on Monday night. This week, you'll have the opportunity for the first time all season to start the same five along your offensive line in back to back games. Does their performance individually and collectively necessarily justify that? We'll see whether or not there's a better option. They think that they might have a better arrangement as they go to Tampa Bay. But the backs behind them could be substantially different, Maurice. Whether or not Cam Akers returns to practice and to the active roster this week remains to be seen. But let's just hypothetically say that both he and Kyron Williams are available to go with Daryl Henderson, to go with Ronnie Rivers. We'll see what it looks like in front of them. But tell me what's going on. Like, What would you say to a Cam Akers given what happened or didn't happen at the trade deadline? You're here. You're, you're, you're with us. Regardless of how you feel personally, it, we couldn't get a deal done. We need you here with us. And and I love the fact that when you read what Sean McVay said about we had a meeting, we had a conversation, and we talked about this, JB. You have to have that closed-door conversation, air everything out in order for this to work. If you, whatever you don't like about me, if you don't like the way my hair looks, whatever it is, you got to tell me and get it off your chest. Because if you hold anything in, this is not going to work. Right. Anytime you have these type of relationships and things go away, you have to make sure you get everything out and everything needs to be heard from both sides and you can move forward. Um, I, I believe this, and, I, and I've said this before, Cam Akers is the most talented back you have on this roster. Now, it's finding ways to get him the ball in space. He's a tremendous wide receiver. If you can't run the ball, just like Ronnie Rivers, Kyron Williams, and Daryl Henderson, put those guys out in space. Go and empty them. Go and empty package with those guys out there. Find ways to do fly sweeps. Do do certain things to get your guys in space. And, and to me, a lot of the reason that the, that the running game is struggling is because you have guys, and just sit here with me, think about this. You have guys to fit the outside zone scheme, right, to run sideways. Yet it's hard for your quarterback to get there consistently, if that makes sense. 
So now you want to run downhill, but those guys aren't big enough to do the double teams of mush guys and get to the backers. So you have a, a, a personnel and a scheme issue, if that makes sense. So how do you fix that? Well, you fix that by running screens and draws, which we saw last week, right? We saw a ton of screens. Who are some of the best screen runners on our team? Cam Akers is one of them. Daryl Henderson is another one, right? So find ways to get all four of those backs in there and get going. I'm excited to see what Cam Akers can do. He has a, He needs a revenge game against Tampa. <laughs> The last time we were in Tampa, what happened? A couple fumbles. A few fumbles, yeah. Yeah, it, it yeah. didn't run well, almost cost you the game. So what the football league, the National Football League always puts you in adverse situations to, to test if you're really about this or not, if you really love this game or not, right? You, the game you do come back is against a team that made you almost cost you a championship, right? So mm. for you personally, and you said it, I almost cost a team the game because of what I was doing. Now you come back against them. I'm excited to see what to see the way he performs. I'm excited to see. Is he going to play? Is he going to play? He's supposed to practice today, and, and, okay. and if he practices today, I'm sure he'll he'll have an opportunity to play. Real, real quick, JB. Um, last week we were talking about Brian Allen, and did you mention or somebody mentioned that it was killing him not to play? He couldn't stand watching his guys take the beats when he couldn't help. I mm-hmm. hope to God Cam Akers feels the same way. Great. I really do. That would tell me a lot about you. It's not about, like you said, this is a football team. You should be desiring or dying to help your guys get into the get into the end zone. Uh, if that's not the case, then th- that might be the crux of the problem. You know, I think about the play that beat the Buccaneers last year. Matthew Stafford against a blitz over the top of Cooper Cup. I think they called it the love of the game play, right? (laughs) This feels like a moment where the 2022 Los Angeles Rams need to recapture some of that love of the game. I want to see joy from the Royal and Soul this week. Well, I got a question, JB. Does does Matthew Stafford diving in from the one count as love of the game? Because that sure was love there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Putting your body at risk to score a touchdown for the team, that's that's love of the game there, right? Yeah, but – you know, it's not all about Stafford. It's not all about Cup or Donald or Ramsey. Like – the Rams got to a point last year, and this was one of those junctures where every corner of their roster was wow. giving them something. Look at Kendall Blanton right there. Who had Kendall Blanton catching a touchdown at Tampa Bay last year? Who had Bryson I mean, Hopkins stepping in to deliver the key block on fourth and one, a jet sweep for Cooper Cup? In this only year? his dad. <laughs> so, Eric, I guess what I'm saying right now is it feels like the Rams um, – have almost painted themselves into a very limited corner to this juncture of the season. But there's only seven games behind them, and there are a lot of potential contributors that they can leverage to their advantage still. Definitely, definitely. And I think this team, it is different even though they just won the Super Bowl. It is different adding Allen Robinson. I feel like this team really needs to really sort of, like you said, JB, almost go through a more of a bonding process or something, get something on the field where every inch of this team, like you said, is is really trying, not that they're not right now, but I think it's, I think that's a really great point that they're not together in the way that they should be yet. But that doesn't mean that there isn't time for that to happen. And there are a lot of other contributors on this team that can step up and that we saw Allen Robinson getting involved a lot more last week. Who knows if Cam Akers is coming back um, to actually play or Kyron Williams. And there's a lot that this team still hasn't been able to, to tap into yet, but that doesn't mean that they won't. And even though it's week eight, it still feels 
really early. It's it's the first of November, second of November, whatever day of November. Hopefully the Rams are playing meaningful football in December, but they have to get there together. It's not a Cooper Cup taking them there. It's not just a Stafford. And it's not me getting off my chest that MJD, I don't like your hair. And so I just like, I just have to say that as well. Like we all need to air our differences and come together as a team to move forward. And and, and I do feel like, go ahead. I was going to say that the, the last year's team was last year's team and each Mm. year is different. And and to be, to, to be quite honest, what the Patriots did during their reign where they won a Super Bowl and then came back and they were finding ways like living through this now is like, wow, how did they do that? Right. How are they able to keep, everyone and keep guys in and guys staying healthy and then finding a way to figure it out. And, and I think JB, you're exactly right. From both ends of the roster, you are getting something right. And I think that's the most important mm-hmm. thing right now through this stretch. Your bye week is over, which I am so happy the bye week is done because now you get nine opportunities back to back to back to back to back to figure this thing out and figure out who can you pull from this side? Who can you pull from this side? Who's going to give us something to help right this ship? And you have the guys on this roster. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it may, The offensive line may not be the same offensive line as last year, but you still have guys on this roster that can, that can help you move forward. You still have guys on this roster that can contribute in what, some way, shape, or form. We've seen Sean McVay go to the extra lineman, right? To, to try to get their run game going. That's an opportunity. That's a possibility. We've seen them go spread and spread guys out and run up the middle. We've seen these different things. You just have to figure out what works for said team right now. Yeah, I, I do think there's almost a sense of relief or finality to having the trade deadline passed, right? Because you'll still have some roster turnover. You'll still have waiver claims and injuries and things that you have to overcome and swap in and swap out. But DeMarco, I do feel like they're at the stage now as we turn the calendar into November with who they have is who they have. And other than maybe David Edwards coming back, hopefully from his concussions and stepping back in at left guard, whether it's Inseki, whether it's Skura, Mm. uh, whether it's Michael Hoyt playing on offense rather than defense, (laughs) whatever the creative solution is, there's no more looking to the outside or waiting for that individual or that solution to show up. Oh, no doubt. And uh, I wouldn't mind unleashing Hoyt on a goal line offense. The guy's been a menace out there on special teams, hitting guys all over the place. So great. I was thinking the same way you guys are. Um, Borrow from the defense if you have to. Put them on offense in those short yardage situations and take advantage of some, some of that aggressiveness. But I would say this for the offense, everything is on the table to run the football. Everything. Any formation you can come up with, any personnel group, anything is on the table there. But Those other guys you're talking about, Maurice, I mean, look, um, safety. (laughs) The Rams' safeties, right? Um, They need to come up big in this game. They they really do. I mean, Taylor Rapp and and Nick Scott have been playing great football. uh, But against San Fran, they had some issues. So you know how this league is. Everything that worked against you, you're probably going to see again. So, I, I don't say, I dare I say there's going to be a halfback pass? Probably not. No one's going to do that twice or two weeks in a row. But they're going to do things to try to draw those safeties in and then get Mike Evans behind you. So uh, you're going to have to play a whole lot better. I'm glad Leonard Floyd showed up. 
I really am. I'm, I'm glad he, he arrived to the 2022 season. Two sacks, great. Now you're going to have to do it again against Tampa Bay this week to be successful. So somebody else outside of Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald has to be a factor in the pass rush. Look, um, some of the guys that you're hoping that will take a step forward, this might be max for them. This might be the best that they can do. So now it's up to coaching to put them in key situations or in the right situations where they can be successful. And if not, like you said, you can always punt, play defense, and try to hold them from there. But, uh, yeah, there, there is no superstar coming through the door to save you this year. You are what you are, and you have what you have. At the end of this conversation, we finally get around to mentioning some Tampa Bay Buccaneers names other than TB12, of course. And I, I think that's appropriate, right? Because this week, this show, I think far more about the Rams, their internal issues and solutions than it is the opponent, as it has been for some time now. But let's finish with our attention on the Buccaneers, the state of Tampa Bay, um, any personnel matchups that you want to call out. Erica, uh, from the work that you've done, what will you have your eye on come Sunday's kickoff? Yeah, um, I, the left side of their O-line has not been protecting Brady. So, you, you know, Shaq Barrett is on IR with with a season, like a torn, I think it was an ACL Achilles. or Achilles, Achilles yeah. yes. Oh, boy. So, so they are, this defense all around, defense and offense, this team is banged up. So this team, like you said, doesn't have the same O-line. So I think that we're going to see more Leonard Floyd because Aaron Donald is going to be taking on, you know, the the Shaq Mason of the other side, Tristan Wirfs, and then Leonard Floyd's going to be able to go in. And then on the flip side with the offense, I mean, with the defense, I think that this is going to be a get right game for the Rams offense to be able to exploit their, their pass game. They're going to have to air it out. Maurice, I think I know the name that's on DeMarco's mind, so why don't you go next, and then I'll see if I can guess DeMarco. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I'll say this. Uh, to me, it's, it's Todd Bowles and his man coverage versus Sean McVay. Sean McVay has taken full advantage of Todd Bowles over the years, even when all the way back to Arizona, when he was in Arizona with Bruce Arians, right? He hasn't changed his defense one bit. And so for me, it's how can you take – is it Kevin Kevin White? no. Devin White. Devin White. Devin White, yeah. excuse me. I just got off a flight. I'm sorry. <laughs> and we got dogs barking. That's Devin White. <laughs> Devin White, very upset. Uh, here's the thing. Devin White has been playing poorly for the last little bit, and Todd Bowles has called him out multiple times. I mean, it's just not what they want. They're banged up in the secondary. They have a bunch of issues. Can you finally take advantage of it, right? How will you take advantage of it? Uh, they lost, like you said, you lost Shaq Barrett. So the pass rush isn't going to be the same. Can you find a way to get these guys open and get Stafford comfortable in this pocket in the passing game going? Because, again, I don't think – if even if you want to run the ball, it hurts me to say this. It pains me. I was thinking about this on the flight in. I, I was just like, why would you run the ball against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It makes no sense to me, right? Like, they have all these big defensive linemen up there, and they're banged up in the secondary. This may be the game where you air it out the whole time. Right. And, and and you scrap the running game. You say we're just going to beat them with swing screens or check downs and throwing the ball. And and this, that is maybe the game plan this week. And so to me, you've had success. Sean McVay continue to have that success against Todd Bowles. I think uh, Thor might have been chiming in there to say, hey, listen to my mother. She wasn't talking about Shaquille Barrett and his. Ah. She was indeed talking about Mason 
and the offensive line of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sorry, Erica, if I misheard you and, and took that in a different direction, but your point still stands. You're on mute. You're on mute. <laughs> Just trying to keep the dog out. It is. It's a war zone over here. But I'm saying um, there are a lot of shacks on this team. Yeah. So <laughs> I, it, it does get confusing. And I wonder if, you know, Shaquille O'Neal is going to be suiting up to help he out this, show up. this oh, O-line God. as well. It would be good to have, you know, someone really big on the left side for them, I think. All right. Speaking of really big men, let me guess, DeMarco. Mm-hmm. I know he's not having the best season, but if Vita Vea is still a Buccaneer, he's – Oh, I'm most concerned for you, right? Uh, King Tonga himself. Absolutely. He is a monster. Four and a half sacks. I think he's having his best season, best season uh, ever in the NFL. I think he really? four and a half. he's got four now. Oh, he's pro got, football yeah. focus doesn't agree with you, but oh, really? that's either here nor there. Yeah. Well, as far as pass rushing, I mean, look, the, the guy is an absolute beast. So, and he's the first thing you see when you turn on the video because he is that big. So, Running the football is going to be an adventure. Keeping him off Matthew Stafford is going to be an adventure. Uh, you're going to have to use more than one most of the time to stop him, especially when he's aggressive in coming forward. Uh, the thing about Vea, after he makes his first big play, he's going to be hunting for the second one. But you can also frustrate him the same way. But, uh, Maurice, i gotta, I got to say this. You're going to have to run the football. You do. Um, if you open it up and just throw it all over the yard, uh, you're opening up your quarterback to taking some punishment. And that's the last thing you want to do. Uh, this year because you still are defending champs and you're still mathematically ended uh, in it. But like I said, everything is on the table. There's more than one way to run the football. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be just with running backs and receivers. So not, what, what, what other ways are there? Just, uh, everything is on the table to move the football this so week. We're going to put Aaron Donald at fullback. And I'm, I'm just, <laughs> you look great. You know, we're going to put Ashawn Robinson back to give him a fullback dive. Hey, Hey, bro, put him in there. Why not? I, I'm going to go saying, line, punch it in. Yeah. Listen, MJD, I, I, <laughs> did the Rams call you before no. the trade deadline to see if you could no. suit up? No. Yeah. I would no. never leave you guys. Are you kidding me? I'm part of the – listen, I tell JB this all the time, and, I, and I'm going to tell you all this, and I want our fans to listen. I We are undefeated. I haven't seen a broadcast team do anything as good as us. We have been the, the gold standard of gold standards. Why would I leave that? Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> Save me a cigar, Maurice. <laughs> I, I got you one. I'll have one for us in Tampa. We can light one up after that victory. I mean, the other cool thing about that trip is remember we went back to the hotel and uh, that was Buffalo, Kansas City night, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm. You guys are making me so jealous. You're like, oh, and then we had this awesome steak dinner together, and then we did uh, this. It wasn't. No, steak. This was more like it chicken wings like, at the bar. Chicken wings and burgers and fries. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't all that. Kind of had to wait in line too. It was. It was. That's we right. just beat Tampa, and we had to wait in line. I was like, Brett, did you guys just see what happened? Are you, do you know who, this is the A team? <laughs> Wow. What is the, what is the, uh, the Anchorman team? What is their the San Diego news? They had nothing on yeah, yeah. We would have tore that whole thing up. <laughs> Anytime we get to Anchorman, that is the cue that we have reached the end of Between the Horns. But I'm glad we got there, and it's great to see you all. Love you all. Hope uh, next week we're singing a different tune and talking about uh, a different dynamic. Hard week, but uh, better times to come, I'm sure. DeMarco Farr, MJD, Erica Tamposi, I'm JB Long. This has been a week nine edition of Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers.